Hello, hello. I'm so happy that we're back with another episode. Today we have a really cool guest. Her name is Terry Beaner, and she's a clinical hypnotherapist. She's about to introduce herself, so I don't want to do too much talking. But yeah, I'm really excited. Let's just get right into it. I'm interviewing her, by the way, about hypnotherapy. And yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we have Terry, my hypnotherapist. And Terry, if you want to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Terry Beaner. I'm a certified clinical hypnotherapist. Um, I have been since 1992. And I help people make changes and give up habits and get to their goals uh, through hypnosis. Yeah, cool. So what is hypnotherapy exactly? Okay. Um, Well, it's something we go in and out of every day, a hypnotic state. Uh, For example, when we daydream or we're very engrossed in a movie or a good book and everything around us seems to not exist, we're kind of in a zone. And at that point, your subconscious mind becomes very active. That's the part of your mind that where everything is stored. And um, it's a lot easier when you're in that state of basically relaxation, kind of high focus, uh, very powerful imagination. It's much easier to make changes that will stick. Mm-hmm. So it's different from like what the movies and the media shows us. Oh, yeah. Well, there are different types of hypnotherapy or hypnosis. What you're seeing in the movies is for entertainment purposes. Uh, and also what you see on a stage, that's a total, that's called stage hypnosis. It's very different. Um, it's not for the same purpose. There's tricks. And so don't go by what you see in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and how did you get into hypnotherapy? Well, uh, I can only be passionate about something that I believe in. And um, being that I had personal experience with it a number of times in my life, uh, for example, started out, I gained 60 pounds from pregnancy weight, couldn't take it off, tried diets, uh, Then I discovered hypnotherapy. I went there and um, with the help of what I was doing, uh, it kind of turned my mind around to stick with it, eat healthier. And then years later, I wanted to give up smoking and um, I had tried everything that most people do. And then I went for hypnotherapy. And uh, in a few sessions, I this was in 1984. I gave it up, never went back. Uh, couldn't stand the smell of it anymore. And then years later, when I um, started studying it, I ran into I ran into somebody who did it, and they guided me where to train. I went out to California and trained there. And I had some serious phobias of my own and hadn't been able to get rid of them. I was fainting a lot from my phobias. Wow. and Yeah, it was terrible, devastating. And uh, in a class in front of 60 people, they used over 10 days, they used a number of techniques on me. And it was a life changer for me. I got rid of all my phobias and um, 
that was my second year in practice. So it was 1993. And um, so I started specializing in phobias and that's how I basically got into it. <laughs> it, it literally changed your life. <laughs> Definitely in many ways. Wow. Okay. So um, to get more into the technicalities of it, uh, how, what is the difference between our conscious mind and our subconscious mind? And like, what is in each? Like, where are our phobias? Okay. Um, that's a great question. Um, difference between, main difference between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind is that the subconscious mind is logical and reasons and, and I'm sorry, the conscious mind is logical and reasons. The subconscious mind is your, everything is stored. Everything you've ever seen, experienced, tasted, smelled um, is stored in the subconscious mind, almost like in a computer, the memory. And the subconscious mind mostly reacts, responds. So that you asked about phobias, if you had um, a Phobias usually start with a fear, but they tend to, they can be illogical, and I could explain that later, but um, that's stored in the subconscious mind, and that's where hypnosis gets to. It gets to the subconscious mind so you can make changes so that you don't respond the same way. You respond more logically. Uh, for example, if a person has a phobia, they might respond as if a train were coming at them rather than just thinking logically about it. So hypnosis will help that response and get them to think calmly. Okay. And not I react. See. So would you say that when you hypnotize someone, you kind of put their conscious away to reach the subconscious or no? Not really, because you're aware on both levels. You are aware yeah. that you're, you're not unconscious. You're not asleep. Um, you're aware that you're being hypnotized, uh, just like when you're daydreaming. You're aware that you're daydreaming, but you may be in a zone of daydreaming where it becomes very intense and it brings up emotions. So you're using both, but you're getting to the subconscious mind. Right. <laughs> wow. So I know you mentioned how hidden therapy changed your life. Um, mm -hmm. How can it help us change our beliefs and experiences? Uh, well, I don't think it really would help. Um, I don't think it would change your core beliefs, like your religious beliefs or your moral beliefs, it, it, it wouldn't unless you mm -hmm. wanted it to, um, unless you were unhappy with your beliefs and you really wanted to change it. Um, what was the other part of? The, uh, experiences. Well, your experiences are your experiences. You can't change your experiences, <laughs> but you can change the way you process them or perceive them. Like you may look at it, yeah. experiences horrible and terrifying, but hypnosis could help you look at it more calmly as if you were looking at a movie or yeah. something else. 
Right. And um, you also mentioned that it only took a few sessions for you to stop smoking. Is that like common in hypnotherapy to only take a few sessions rather than years? Well, um, first of all, with smoking, the physical addiction only takes about two weeks to get for it to get out of your system. Um, so you're dealing more with the mental addiction. Uh, every hypnotherapist does things differently. Um, being that I had a lot of years behind me, I was able to choose uh, the method and the amount of sessions um, that work best for my clients. Um, my program is three sessions. The first session, we just talk. I don't do any hypnosis. I collect a lot of information, prepare the person to stop smoking. Then the next session is a customized um, hypnosis session, which is the day we decide that the person's going to give it up. And then about a week later is another hypnosis session, a different one, where I do fine tuning. Uh, say a person is doing well, but they are having a problem with their morning coffee. They really want that cigarette. So we would fine tune it you know, address those things and also reinforce it so that the person doesn't go back to smoking after a week or two. Oh, there's a reason, cool. Yeah, there's a reason people say, say a person's having a baby, they give it up mm -hmm. for a year and then they go back. They haven't addressed the mental addiction. Oh. So you don't want to go back if you're set on giving it up. Yeah. So addictions um, could be more of the mental rather than the physical addiction. It could. It depends on the addiction. If it's something yeah. like drugs, you have a very big chemical dependency. And um, I would not work with a person who is on drugs. I tell them to go to a program, get off the drugs, and then hypnosis can help them stay off it. Yeah, right. That but if sense. the shopping addiction or a gambling addiction or even a smoking addiction, that's a different story. If the person's willing to give it up, hypnosis can definitely help. I see. And uh, when you're hypnotizing someone in order for it to be the most effective, they have to want to, um, they have to want to be hypnotized, right? You can't hypnotize someone against their will. Absolutely. Um, no hypnotherapist or hypnotist can control another human being. Um, what we're basically doing is help guide your mind to work for your benefit, um, not against it. So if say you wanted to give up, say you came to me to give up smoking, but it was your mother or your boyfriend or your spouse that really wanted you to, but you really didn't want to give it up. I could not do anything to, you know, oh, I could do wow. it, but uh, probably wouldn't work. Yeah, it has to come from you. Right. Wow, I like what you said that you help the mind work for you, not against you. Absolutely. Yeah, Your mind, really yeah. When, if, if you have something that's working against you, um, you know, it'll, you keep repeating yourself 
in your mind, you keep repeating the thoughts in your mind and it gets stronger and stronger. But if it's a good thing and you do that, it's going to work for you. Oh, yeah. Um, kind of segueing into are those repetitive thoughts throughout the day conscious or subconscious, would you say? I would say a bit of both, because sometimes you could be doing something, not even thinking about a particular thought, and then something happens, or you see something, and it brings it up, that's called a trigger. And then you start thinking about it. And then you can't get it out of your mind, you know, like, like a song, but with <laughs> thoughts. And the more you think about it, the stronger it gets. Um, if it's something like, I can do this, I can do this, that's a positive thought. So then you're going to give yourself confidence and eventually, you know, really believe it. If you say something like, um, oh, I'm going to fail this test, I, I don't know the material, and, and that's your repetitive thought, it's a good chance you're going to fail the test. <laughs> you're kind of psyching yourself to do that. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you. Um, mm -hmm what are like intrusive thoughts that maybe you don't want to think, but they pop into your head? What, I'm sorry, what was the question? Oh, like, um, where do those come from? Because some people may have like intrusive thoughts, like they wouldn't want to say out loud, for mm -hmm. instance, like, oh, I could just, um, this is an example. This is not my intuitive thought. Like right. I could just uh, like not hit the brake when I'm driving and just crash somewhere. Okay, what would cause that for you? Yeah, yeah. Probably an insecurity, not feeling, um, not feeling sure of yourself. Mm -hmm. And so maybe either using hypnotherapy and practicing in a place where you can build up your confidence in driving and feel very much in control over your feet, pushing the right pedals, um, doing that over and over again would help that. Okay, I see. And why do we self-sabotage? Uh, could be a number of reasons. Um, sometimes people aren't even aware that they're doing it and it, that might come from the subconscious mind or you could be doing it to avoid something you don't like, avoid doing something you don't like or um, protecting yourself. For example, uh, say you have a person who knows they should lose weight they're very heavy, but they're still eating and, you know, they're sabotaging their weight. Yeah. Maybe that weight problem is because they don't want to be hurt. So they want to use their weight as an excuse or they just uh, like food more than looking good or, or feeling good. You know, there, there are so many different reasons people can do that. Um, one of the things in hypnosis, uh, in hypnotherapy, like during the first session where, which is kind of a fact finding, um, you would want to find out as many reasons as you could so you know how to treat it. Oh, okay. That makes sense. 
Um, do you think also a reason would be because people are used to it, so it's safe for them? Absolutely. That's kind of a uh, protective thing. It's their comfort zone. Um, and that's also where you can get into addictions. Um, food addiction, for example. Food is their drug of choice if they're addicted to, it makes them feel comfortable. Um, starting to eat differently may make them step out of their comfort zone and make them uncomfortable physically, oh, mentally. Yeah. So they may, you know, it may be harder for some people to do that. I see. I, yeah, I've talked about before how we all have been, uh, a need for certainty in our lives and when people don't meet that need in a healthy way they may go into addictions like what you were just talking about absolutely yeah and addictions do a lot of things they may calm a person down but temporarily not in a good way um <laughs> or they may just a person might just feel comfortable doing it or it might or and or it might just be a habit that they're having problems breaking a habit yeah for sure. Yeah. You do something over and over again, it becomes eventually a habit. Mm -hmm. And break a habit, you have to break a pattern and replace it with a different habit, which could be as simple as not doing it. But <sighs> it's usually more complicated than that. So um, yeah, addictions and habits have a lot of purposes, not necessarily good ones, but... <laughs> I mean, we do have good habits, you know, brushing your teeth. Yeah. That's a habit. You wouldn't think of waking yeah. up and not doing it. That's true. It's like on our autopilot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, bad habits tend to be on autopilot also. Oh, and that's where hypnosis comes in. Right. I see. <laughs> but again, the person has to want to make the change. Uh -huh. Stop a person from doing something that they don't want to stop. I see. And would you just kind of mentioned this, but when you take away that habit, um, is it usually easier if you plug like another good habit back in or like, yeah. I would yeah. usually, yeah. But I would usually give a person, we would decide together on what to replace it with. For example, a smoker, you know, you might want to get into an exercise uh, regiment or um, a mindset where they'll only put healthy things into their body so, so that they don't give up smoking and gain weight, you know, <laughs> or get healthy in another way. So, um, yeah, you want to give a person a number of, things that they can do instead otherwise they might if they don't love the new habit they're gonna get bored and throw their hands up and go back to the old habit <laughs> yeah <laughs> and one more question for you because I don't want to take any more of your time but how do you what is the process of you hypnotizing someone I know how you hypnotize me but others won't know yeah. Yeah. yeah well I hypnotize strictly with words um, I believe that a deep relaxation, well, the deep relaxation is not the hypnosis. It's a benefit of the hypnosis. And we go into a hypnotic trance a lot easier when we're 
very relaxed. I mean, I was hypnotized when I got rid of my phobias, sitting on a folding chair in front of 60 people. I was not relaxed. But when I hypnotized somebody in my office or over Zoom recently because of the pandemic, um, I want them in a comfortable place. Like if you were watching television, you would be conscious. Uh, You could scratch your head or eat popcorn. but be in a, in a relaxed place where you can go into a very deep hypnotic state or even a light hypnotic state. Uh, yeah. That's So I do it with talking. It could be visualizations, relaxa- relaxing visuals. It could be breathing techniques. Um, I'm guiding a person through a number of things. I try not to do the same thing twice so they don't know what to expect. Mm-hmm could be relaxing muscles. It could be, um, you know, it could be a lot of things, but it's basically to get a person into a relaxed, highly focused state. And then I go on with the suggestions or techniques to make the changes that we've decided we want to make. Right. Yeah. And from personal experience, it's effective. <laughs> can confirm. Well, do that. <laughs> Oh, well, Terry, thank you so much for coming on to my podcast. You're very full of knowledge. (laughs) My pleasure. (laughs) I'm sure everyone has learned something new. And where can we find you? Okay. Um, Well, I have a website, Mm easychanges.com. Exactly how it's spelled, no spaces. Um, And I'm... Located in Valley Stream, New York. Uh, Right now I'm doing virtual. Soon I hope to be doing face-to-face again and and virtual. So basically anyone from anywhere can find me. Yay. I'll make sure to link it down in the show notes and with all your information as well. Thank you so much. Thank you, Terry. Thank you so, so much for listening to today's episode. I'm so happy we had Terry come on. Thank you, Terry, for answering all of our questions. I feel like we're so filled filled with so much wisdom now. You were amazing. Hope you come back soon. <laughs> and you can find her at the website, easychanges.com. And yeah, I hope you all have a lovely day. Adios. <laughs>